0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathman, coming to you from Atlanta on this Wednesday. Hope that you and yours are doing well. Happy New Year to everyone. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. My special guest is Andy Katz of NCA.com and Turner Sports, and he's going to talk to us about the tournament Now that we know the official plan is to play the entire NCAA Men's Tournament in Indianapolis. It's going to be a great discussion and a great tournament, and you'll want to stay tuned for that. Let's begin, however, with our what to watch for. It is brought to you by Citizen, the official watch of the Naismith Awards. Citizen EcoDrive watches are sustainably powered by light and never need a battery. Well, we thought we were going to have a big women's game for you to watch for on Thursday with number 3 UConn against number 6 Baylor. But as we have come to learn in the pandemic, you never know when these games are going to be played. That game has been canceled, and it's been canceled because Baylor coach Kim Mulkey tested positive for COVID-19. So we send our best to Coach Mulkey. Hope she gets well and has no ill effects of this, and uh, a big women's game goes by the boards. We have some other men's games to keep your eye on, too. Wednesday, Minnesota will go to unbeaten Michigan in the Big Ten. On Thursday, it's going to be number 17, Oregon at Colorado. And on Saturday, huge game in Morgantown as number four, Texas. Goes to number 14, West Virginia. The Mountaineers came from 19 down Monday to win at Oklahoma State, 87-84. Derek Culver, we'll talk with Andy about him in a minute, had 22 points and 19 rebounds. Just an outstanding performance from West Virginia on the road, sort of to right the ship a bit. And they go into that big showdown this weekend with Texas at the West Virginia University Coliseum. So that is our What to Watch For coming up this week. The news and notes of the week presented by Jersey Mikes is again dominated with COVID news. Gonzaga, the number one team in the country, is having to switch their Thursday foe due to COVID-19 issues. The Villanova Wildcats, who are just set to get back into action, and their coach Jay Wright, they've hit the pause button one more time and they've had to postpone three different games. Boston College is set to play Duke this week. Duke will be without their head coach, Mike Krzyzewski. He is in quarantine, will miss the B.C. game, hopes to get back when the Blue Devils play Wake Forest later this weekend. And the big news of the week, of course, on the court has to do with number four, Texas. The Longhorns, a rejuvenated basketball team. They kicked it in at the end of last year back in March. And they have carried it over to this year. They are playing great basketball. We talked about their game at West Virginia. But Texas has moved up all the way to number four in the nation in this week's rankings. We'll talk about all that and more with Andy Katz when we continue. But first, this from Jersey Mike's. Good things come to those who wait. At Jersey Mike's, they also come to those who don't. Download our app, order ahead, and skip the line. Cut to the Chase by Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above. Always a pleasure to catch up with our good friend Andy Katz from NCA.com and Turner Sports and Fox Sports Big Ten Network and the host of his very successful podcast, March Madness 365. If you're a college basketball fan and that's not a must-listen every week, shame on you. Andy Katz, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great, Bob. Appreciate it. Hope you're well and safe.
0: We are. Um, So many different things to, to talk to you about. But first and foremost, let's talk about the NCAA tournament moving to the entire state of Indiana. We have thought this was coming, but it was finally made official on Monday. It seems like the right thing to do. It seems like everybody is excited about it. And I wanted to get your take now that you've had a couple of days to digest what's gone down.
1: Yeah, so obviously I knew everything was trending in this direction um it is a absolute no-brainer because of a couple things about first of all we can't do a full bubble like the nba and the wnba um i saw a tiny version of that when i was at the mohegan sun at bubbleville in november and the success of that when everyone's in one place and really controlled uh basically not even going outside because you got a hotel and an arena um but you can't do that tournament. There's too many teams. You obviously can't bubble an entire city. Uh, so the word even though people will use the word "bubble," it's much more of a controlled environment. and I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, so the final four was already scheduled to be in Indiana uh, at Lucas Oil. So you know that was already in motion, and all that comes with that and the branding and the uh, marketing and all the planning. And so now the question is, how do you work around that? Uh, And more than anything, what we have seen this year uh, already in in college basketball and I think in other sports is every county, not just every state, but every county is handling the virus differently. Uh, And so you really need to deal with one governor, one state's health board, and primarily one county to get on the same page of, what they want testing-wise, how they feel comfortable about who can and can't be around tier one, tier two, tier three. Will there be fans? Will there not be fans? Uh, And so, try to do a tournament of this magnitude, this complex, worth this much money uh, in 13 different locations would have been almost implausible and impossible in the current environment. Uh, And so, I think it's a right move and 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 the state has the venues uh so they announced on monday you know lucas oil will have two uh courts not at the same time playing and then baker's life so those two facilities are very familiar to people and have hosted obviously professional events and still do and then you go to historic venues like hinkle where butler plays and obviously was made famous by the movie hoosiers uh the state fairgrounds which has a lot of history and the old ABA building, uh, you know, you're, you're a basketball guy in and, and the NBA and the Hawks. I and mean, this goes way back to, like, the old Pacers in the ABA, so that's got great history. Uh, and then you incorporate Indiana and Purdue, Assembly Hall and Mackey, two of the best facilities in the country, uh, which right now are planned as day trips because they want everyone staying in, in Indiana. And the plan is basically you're going to be going from your hotel to your practice site to your arena. And the two last things I'll say about is that the thing that I'm equating this to are two events. U.S. Open that we saw in August, September, where the players at the U.S. Open stayed in one or two hotels, but you can't, like, then play a Grand Slam and not practice. So there's going to be a modified quarantine when they arrive where they're going to be allowed to practice, but it'll be very controlled only going to, you know, multiple places, uh, excuse me, the hotel and the practice site for that first, whatever that's going to mean. I'm going to assume somewhere between four to five days of testing and really controlled. And then once we start, take think the Olympics, because there's actually only 12 playing days in the NCAA tournament, but it's stretched out for over three and a half weeks because of the travel and the days off. But I think like the Olympics, we're going to have games every day maybe a day or two off before the final four. So really will be compressed but captivate everyone for this two week crazy chaotic exciting event.
0: Well that was my next question as to the format. I was wondering if you had any knowledge of how they were going to play the games because you're right. Uh we're so used to the the tournament format of, you know, the first week where all those games are on Thursday and Friday and then we get to the uh the next weekend that first weekend and, and on to the sweet sixteen after that. But that paradigm has to change because of the way this is laid out. But to your point, man, it's gonna be basketball
1: heaven. Yeah, and and, and I think that, you know I hope there's an ability to have fans will see, but um but playing in these kind of intimate environments I think will feel uh you know kinda like the- You know, the historic high school tournament in in Indiana, obviously the level will be much better. But, um, you know, I do think that for every day, for two weeks, um, it will dominate the sports calendar uh, more so than it has in years past because there won't be those little lulls in between weeks or rounds. Um, And now the teams, you know, they're not going to play every day. I mean, you only need to play six to win it. Uh, I say only, but you you need to play six to win it. So you could play every other day or every, um, yeah, every other day with maybe a two-day gap at the back end before the Final Four. Now, the other thing I will say that I don't have the answer to yet is um, what happens if someone pops, when I mean positive, before we start? Is there a backup team or something like that? Um, and then if it happens later, I think what we already saw, you know, in the college football playoff has already uh, dispelled that there was any talk of, you know, having to move it because of Ohio State. But um, if you had something like that with Ohio State and Alabama in the college football playoff, uh, they would just move the game, you know, a week or something. And I think the same thing would happen with the Final Four is if you had any issues with any of those four teams when you got to that point, even though they don't want to push it because of the Masters on CBS that following weekend, you know, they would have to do that because they're not going to not play the final four. They would just wait until everyone was cleared. So I do think they'll have that built in that luxury, you know, that, that sort of uh, safety net um, in case it happens. But I don't know yet if they, at least they haven't told me if, you know, what they're going to do in the front end, um, You know, I do think the week before, what will be very interesting is, you know, A, do the conference tournaments all still happen, and, um, you know, how coaches manage that week before. My gut is it's going to be on an incredible, like, lockdown the week before, uh, even if they're in a conference tournament, uh, to really keep their circle small before they would go to Indianapolis uh, for the Final Four.
0: You know, that is the menace. That means for the tournament. Right. Uh, this is the menace, of course, is trying to play around this pandemic. Uh, and, Andy, you know there isn't a day that goes by that some game, some team has to to shut down for a while. Uh, Gonzaga today, you know, they're switching opponents. Uh, Villanova has gone back, uh, pausing again. Um You just get the feeling like it's going to be this way. And if there, to your point about the conference tournaments, if there are no fans, does it really make sense to play the tournaments?
1: I mean, I would say no. The only reason I'm going to say yes, I don't have these figures, but I do know for some of the lower level conference tournaments, and and you know maybe you could argue for some of the higher ones, but. Um, a lot of them make their money from two revenue streams that week. It's a, obviously, from ESPN, you know, getting that, that television revenue. Um, and then their advertisers. So, you know, their sponsorships pay money for uh, signage, you know, in that final week. And that, that means something. Or, you know, uh, ad dollars that they pay during the broadcast. Um you know i know for example last year the WCC, cuz i was there they actually got their full tournament in before the shutdown and so they actually made their money before the shutdown um you know a lot of leagues did not because the turn everything shut down during those tournaments um and and so they weren't able to to recoup the you know those those uh, um those fees or the the, the revenue so that could be a factor, but I think for the health and safety, I will question if we get to a point and, you know, all these leagues have played for the most part a full schedule, somewhere between 18 to 20 games, they may feel like, hey, we made it. We're here. Why, what, why do we want to jeopardize our team that, um, you know, is going to represent us, you know, with a tournament with everyone coming together? That could happen. I could definitely see that happening. Uh, at that late stage but you know to your point earlier i've talked to coaches and players literally every day during this pandemic for you know you wrap up the various people i work for and (laughs) um to a person uh everyone wants to play now there are some people and that is fine no one should judge you obviously the highest profile is the Duke women's team with Kara Lawson as the head coach. And that's fine. They don't feel comfortable. No, you know, okay. But you know what? All these other people do, and their right to play in a safe manner should not be denied. Luca Garza, obviously the favorite from the Naismith Award. Um, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing for him. He's a senior. He wants to play. You know, Gonzaga's having a dream season. Jalen Suggs easily could be the winner for freshman of the year, if not challenge for player of the year. Um, All these, you know, whether it's Iowa, Gonzaga, Baylor, uh, Drake, you know, as we're recording, is thirteen and zero, and having an unbelievable year. Okay, so all these people that are having these memorable moments with this group of friends and coaches. this is, you know, you can't, you can't replicate it. And every time we see a buzzer beater, uh, however it happens, and the euphoria, uh, you know, we need joy in our lives. And I can tell you because I have a college freshman who is a theater major, and guess what? They're not doing theater right now. So these college basketball players are privileged, blessed, and they're grateful, and they know it, and they tell me that. Because their peers, as college students, are essentially only doing virtual school. And that's mm-hmm. it. Very little. And actually, most of the other athletes are not even playing. So um, they should appreciate, and they do appreciate it, uh, because they tell me it. And they tell others um, that this is like their two hours when they don't have to wear a mask. And they get to do what they love um because the alternative is sitting in their room and doing nothing. Um and so for their own mental health, I'm telling you that uh they want to be doing this because it gives and the other thing Bob I'll just, you know, I know people don't want to hear about the economics, but you know, furloughs and layoffs are happening all over college campuses. And if there are no athletics, the repercussions are tremendous. They're already with no fans and no, you know, sort of uh, regular workers who work these arenas not being mm-hmm. there. And this is obviously happening, as you know, at the NBA. Um, that's a major effect as well. But there are also plenty of people who are at least working now and also in, you know, television. I mean, the cameramen, the, the audio techs, the people who are laying the cable. You know, if there are no games, they don't work and they don't get paid. And right. so there's a whole ripple effect that um, this is allowing people to actually work. People want to work. And the more people that don't work, the more it hurts our economy and the country. And so uh, if we can do it safely, we need to.
0: And my hat off goes off to these young people, uh, men and women, that have persevered through this to play. And I'll give you one example, because it's right here in our backyard. Georgia Tech is probably the poster child for the CDC on how to operate your basketball program in a pandemic. I mean, they have done, Andy, everything they know to do to stay safe and somebody tests positive in the program. I mean, it is just such a menace that, uh, to your point about what these kids are going through, uh, is phenomenal and i and and i applaud them i think they have done uh, a tremendous job and really an example for all of us as to how to operate through this until the vaccine becomes a little more prevalent and and we can you know, dig ourselves out of this. But uh, you're right. I I could not applaud them any louder or longer than than anyone because of what they've gone through. Because this is this is taxing, and and I see it both at the college level and at the pro level. I mean, this is this is nasty stuff we're having to deal with, and it's not very much fun.
1: No, not at all. And, and like I said, I have a, a you know I'm a parent of a college student now, and um, look, you know, all the restrictions are not good. Uh, it is very confining. But the alternative is to sit at home on your couch. And I can tell you for, you know, my daughter, her friends, the mental health aspect of that is not good. To just literally be sitting around, you know, in school, never leaving your house, um, you know, at least if you can socialize with masks, uh, and at least be around some people your own age, uh, and hopefully be able to do some things within restrictions. That's better than nothing. I, I, I promise you that. And, uh, there are so many people going above and beyond to try to make this happen that, um, we have to, we have to try to do it because no one wants to go back to what we had at the beginning of this. Uh, when we were literally all locked in. I know in the U.K. they're going back through it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we don't want to go through that again, as horrific as this is, and it's surging, especially like in California. Um, but, you know, think about uh, the, the, the outlets that everyone has, both professional and collegiate, of at least being able to, you know, to To watch these events, and you know obviously for those of us in the media to, to cover them um to to help us you know continue on with our lives
0: right, and the basketball has been great, I mean every night we yes. see great games, great teams, and great performances um you know that part of it hasn't changed <laughs> I, don't know,
1: I don't know you know that that was the great unknown, and that has been the biggest shocker- because the numbers show it i mean Baylor gonzaga they're averaging over ninety a, small school like Brian's averaging over 90 Iowa Um, with no normal spring and summer where these teams work out, maybe take foreign trips, you know, all summer, we had none of that. And yet the play is so much better than we ever could have imagined. And um, I don't ever, you know, that to me is the biggest uh, surprise. Now, one thing I will attribute that to is, we did have a lot fewer players declare and stay in the draft than I think we normally would have. Uh, So there are a lot of older teams. And, you know, Mike Bray, I use this line all the time, but I credit him. You know, he told me long ago, the head coach of Notre Dame, that you got to get old and stay old to win in college basketball. Mm -hmm. And it has proven true and true and true uh, in the last few Final Fours for sure. Um, and a lot of these teams that are playing well it's exactly why, and you know Kentucky and maybe Duke that are, have relied you know on so many freshmen lately, especially this year it's incredibly difficult to be successful doing that
0: Andy, what do the coaches and players tell you about staging these games uh going on the road with no fans, you know to go play a game at Duke, and Cameron Indoor Stadium is basically empty. Uh, what, what have they shared with you about that experience and how different that is?
1: So Ed Cooley Providence was telling me he always thinks that you're down four or five the moment you walk into a road arena. Um, I did one of their games a couple of weeks and we were talking about that. So now he thinks that's wiped away, um, which I agree. But I would say at the same time, you still can't duplicate physically traveling not sleeping in your own bed, um, the stress of traveling, which even though most of these teams, well, a lot of the high profile are chartering, but um, actually, uh, you know, one good thing about work is a lot of people, they talk to all levels of Division One, and Bill harrington from New Hampshire was telling me um, they're playing these back-to-backs, and they went up to Maine on the day of, on the drive-up snowstorm so they end up having to push the game time back a couple hours they lose the first of the back-to-backs they win the second so there's stress there's stress in traveling you know on especially the day of a game and you know so you can't say that that's not a factor with or without you know without fans Mm -hmm. um no question illinois michigan state winning at duke with Mm -hmm. literally no fans that had to be a factor I know Duke's not as good as they've been, but that had to be a factor. Uh but you're still traveling and dealing with a different environment, so I, I, I still think that there should be some weight given to roadwinds in some form or fashion. Well
0: Andy, it is great catching up, partner. And uh, thank you so much for taking time to to be with us. Uh we love all the stuff. The content that you drive all year is great. Your podcast is just outstanding. And thanks for being with us. And now that we know we're going to all be in Indiana uh, come Final Four time, uh, we can't wait to have you there for the uh, for the Naismith presentation. So thank you so much as always.
1: Well, I appreciate it. Stay safe.
0: Andy, thank you. Appreciate you as always. And don't forget, great games coming up this weekend. Despite all the pandemic news, The games have been great. The young people have been amazing, and we salute them, and uh, we can't wait to watch this week's games. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. From all of us, Anthony Smith, Bob Rathbun saying so long.